Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging. Maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. John chapter 3, we are going to conclude our series here tonight on big box gifts. I want to say thanks to Brother Ben Houck for his teaching last week. Um, Thank you. Great, great job, especially just talking about life and the sanctity of life. Um, I really appreciated, appreciated that. John 3 and verse 16. A powerful scripture that is too oft underutilized. We talked in week one of this series about grace and last week about life and family. And this week, I would start with this scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Tonight, we're going to talk about love, the love of God. We cannot spend an entire season discussing the how, the where, and the when of Jesus' birth without discussing the most important why of his birth. His birth was for love. God was manifest in the flesh for his love for us. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for our time in your house tonight. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open and ready to receive from the word of God. We pray against any spiritual opposition. We pray for liberty here tonight, that your love would be on display. We thank you for what we felt, even as we have sang these songs and lifted praise to you. I pray your work would be done in this house tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and let everybody say amen. God bless you, and you may be seated as we begin this discussion tonight on love. If Christ's death at Calvary isn't enough to prove his love, then I would have to say I seriously doubt that anyone could be convinced that he loves you. Is there any way that Christ could more readily prove his love than the fact that he died for us. And I am thankful for every miracle that Christ ever performed. I am thankful that he started out with that miraculous power at that wedding in Canaan. He turned water into wine. And I think it was to do more than keep his mother on his good side. I thank God for every eye that he opened, every ear that he unstopped. Brother Grant, I thank God for the fact that he could speak to the storm and peace would in fact occur. I thank God that he had the resurrection power to step to the edge of a grave and call Lazarus forth. But I will tell you in all of his miracles, that was not his singular most important purpose. He was born, please hear me, to die. He was born to die that he might be resurrected. That's love, ladies and gentlemen. Brother Massengale, he took on humanity knowing the pain that lied before him. He walked 
into the garden as an adult male. God wrapped manifest in the flesh. He walks into the garden understanding and yet for the joy set before. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. What else could Christ do to let us know how much he loves us? He wouldn't have to heal us, but he does. He wouldn't have to let us feel peace, but he does. He wouldn't have to let us feel joy, but he does. He wouldn't have to be as close as the mention of his name, but he is. But he loved us enough that he died for our sins. The love of God that came down, love always descends. It comes down. A mother loves her child more than that child knows how initially to love that mother. It is the descending. I, I love them. And I will tell you, but even in our parental love, if we know how to give good gifts, how much more? Even in the greatest of our finite thinking and ability, we cannot compare with the love of God. I would remind you tonight of John 15. And verse 13, and if you're a note taker, I would ask that you would write this down. John 15 and 13 is something for us to remember. Greater love hath no man than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. First John chapter 4, 8 and 16. He that loveth knoweth not, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Everybody say that with me. God is love. Love, verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. God is love. God is love. I want to say it again, and I know it seems elementary, but I want you to allow that to be processed in your mind. God is is love, and he is not this world's disgraced version of love that is all-inclusive and all-encompassing. God is love. Love has truth. Love has absolutes. Love, mm-hmm, love has commandments. Love has mandates. Love has boundaries. God is love. Those three little words are so all-inclusive and final that they leave very little else that would actually need to be said. There is nothing the devil would have you doubt more than God loves you. One of the greatest things, Brother McGrath, that I have dealt with over the years to see breakthrough from people that have shown up broken and abused to the church all over the world as I've been in different places, not just in this country, but beyond. I've had these moments, these interactions with people from juvenile detentions to prisons to church houses just like this, where I saw the light bulb click on when I told them, in spite of all of it, God loves you. There is nothing as powerful as the love of God. And I will tell you that the enemy's hate for you can never be as great as God's love for you, nor does it have the ability to usurp the love of God. Because while the enemy might be fighting for you, Christ died for you. He has purchased, he has purchased us with his own blood, in spite of all of our weaknesses, in spite of all of our failures, he in fact still calls us his children. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. We have to be in him. We have to be like him. But why? Why does God 
love. Why does God love? Why does the sun continually radiate light and heat? Because it's the sun and that is its nature. Even though the clouds may obscure the sun from the view at times and leave us in semi-darkness above the clouds, the sun still shines. Regardless of the way that the earth turns, the sun still shines. And even so in our lives and when sin is there and the depravity of sin has tried to take us to a place where we don't feel it, I'm going to tell you there is not a place that exists where the love of God is still not on display, trying to work, trying to break through, trying to shine through. Say, wait a minute. You don't understand how bad it is. There's not a skid row that is so dark. There is not a back alley that is so that is so overrun with alcoholism or drug abuse. There's no inner prison. I don't care to the greatest place of inner prison of someone in solitary confinement right now where they've thrown away the lock and there is a death that is even looming. I'm telling you, the love of God can reach into any place, into any area. Man, I feel something right now, so I'm gonna go after it. You let some inmate get a chance to open up a Bible in the middle of a prison where they're not loved by any person. They've maybe never even had a mother or a father tell them that they were loved, but you get them to open up a Bible and read from this very scripture, for God so loved the world. Wait a minute, you can't mean that he would reach to them. They don't have the right pedigree. They don't have the right upbringing. They're in fact on trial or maybe even on death row for something that they've done. How many remember we talked about grace in week one that where sin did abound. Grace did much more abound. Why? Why is that possible? Because of the love of God. Now, I know that all of us in here, thank God none of you are in a prison cell tonight, but some of us got friends or family that are, and aren't you thankful that beyond, whether it's the laws of this world or the laws of sin and scripture that work against us, God's love reaches through and beyond and past it all. Man, I feel like I'm preaching to the atmosphere as much as I am anything right now. There is no condemnation in him. He's able to reach through and, and break through and help people feel... That's what we need. We need people to feel the love of God and not someone's manipulated version of the love of God. The love of God. I think it's probably a good moment in a Bible study to lift our hands and say, thanks for loving me. Thanks for loving me. If you got a Bible, you ought to tell him, thanks for loving me. If you can read your Bible, you ought to say, thanks for loving me. If you can listen to the scripture, you ought to say, thanks for loving me. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Sin in our lives may hide God from our view, but that does not change the immutable law that God is love. Is it possible for God to change so that he no longer loves? Can light be turned to darkness, age to youth? Can the pull of gravity be turned off? Is it possible? I would tell you regardless of what anyone would ever say, do, or be involved in, God is love. The love of God is unconditional. The word unconditional is exactly what it sounds like. No condition that would cause us to earn or deter. That's one thing that has slipped into uh, the church age centuries ago, that you were somehow earning the love of God. This is not about earning the love of God. It is about obedience to the word. 
of God, but it is not earning. God loves us. How many know that he loved us while we were yet sinners? Christ died for who? Yeah, 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 yeah. For us, for the ungodly, for it was without conditions. Jesus went to the cross of Calvary. It was without reserve that he so freely gave his life for our sin. What about my sin? What about my failures? What about the mess that I've made? What about what my family has been involved in? His love is unconditional. It keeps reaching. Christianity uniquely claims God's love comes free of charge. No strings attached. No, no other religion makes this claim. Only Christianity dares to proclaim that God's love is unconditional. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. It's not earned, but it's unconditional. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I say it again. How many remember growing up singing that song? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible. We were taught that as children so that when we got into the dark avenues of life, when we got into the places, when you walked through that valley of a kid, when you suffered abuse, you should not have suffered. Neglect that you should not have suffered. You went through that, that marital situation that you shouldn't have walked through. You went through that devastating job loss or that devastating loss of a family. You went through that and you felt nothing. And yet from the echoes of childhood, yes, Jesus loves me. I don't know if you've ever been like me, but there have been some dark seasons in life where I was trying to find out, God, do you even know where I'm at? And somewhere from the echoes of childhood, yes, Jesus loves me. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no devil no so great nor so small that actually has the ability to come against and really darken out that truth and that reality if we will remind ourselves that this scripture is true. Jesus loves me. Go in Ephesians, if you will. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's talk about this unconditional love. Ephesians 3, 17 and 18 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in what? In love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's wider. Now listen, there have been a lot of crazy love songs written out there about the love between a man and a woman. All these people have wrote all these lyrics they can never live out. And the kids just go crazy over them. And you did too when you were a teenager. Back when you were singing the Carpenters. Come on. and You, you didn't think I know about that. I know. But when you talk about the love of God, it's wider than planet Earth. It's longer than a trip around the galaxy. It's deeper than the oceans. It's higher than the highest moments. Many of you know O.C. Marlar. I've told this story before. It's been one of my favorite ones. When we were in school, there was a boy that stood up and had to give a description about the love of God. And so he started comparing it to the love between him and his girlfriend. And if you knew O.C. Marlar, he was having none of it. 
but the boy didn't know what he was doing. But Brother Sleva, OC, Brother Marler, he, he stood up on his chair and he was a big guy. You know, he got up on his chair. He was a little more uh, nimble in those days, but he got up on his chair and on his chair, he started rolling his pants up until the whole class went silent. And he said, oh, it's just getting so thick in here. I thought I'd roll these up. <laughs> he said, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, but it's funny. But he was trying to say, and he was trying to remind us, you can't ever compare the love that you have between you and some girlfriend or even you and a spouse. I know that we have the illustrative purpose about Christ and the church between husband and wife. It's through the book of Ephesians. We see it there. It is there for our example. But the love we have, again, through our finite thinking and through our human existence, it cannot compare with the God who designed and created it all. He created it. He created mankind, male and female created he them. And our first glimpse of God was his love in desire for communion. That's why we have to make sure that we don't crucify him afresh by neglecting our time with him and giving in to sin. We've got to make sure we stay in communion with God. It's why if you spend any time with me one-on-one, -on -one, I'm asking you, how's your devotional? How is your time daily with God? Because if you're not having time with God, how can you expect that your relationship is good? He wants communion with us. Why? Why does that matter? Because he loves you and he wants you to love him. He wants me. Josh Carson, it doesn't matter what title you hold. You forget about whether you're a president of a college or a school. You forget about whether you're a pastor of a church. You forget about any board you sit on and you come down to where it all matters. You better know that you're just a child of God that has to be in communion with him. And it doesn't matter whether you work hourly, whether you're part-time, whether you own the company, the status of your degree or the lack thereof. None of that matters to the importance of this. Do you know that God is love and that God wants you to be in love and communion with him? And I'm telling you, it's a big box gift. It's a, it's a big gift. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me. Do we still live that way? I hope we do. I hope we still live that way. The season of Christmas is primarily about one gift, not what's in a stocking, not what's under a tree. It's not a what, it's a who. The love of Jesus Christ. It is the most remarkable of all the gifts that we've discussed. It is the gift of love. It is the reality of why grace is on display. It is why life really matters and why family is possible. It is the love of God. The story so wonderful. Her name was Mary. We've talked a lot about her off and on, both publicly and privately over this month of December. Just a maiden, still in her teen years, espoused, similar to being engaged, but it was a little bit more binding, especially than we do it here in the United States. The angel comes to her with news. Guess what? You've been selected. Welcome to being ostracized. It's amazing that when God chooses you, the setup that it can put on your life, it's that invitation you want until you get it. Everyone wants a Messiah until the Messiah comes through you. On the surface, a great honor, but no one, no one could understand until it begins to 
really settle in how much it could soil her reputation, potentially wreck this upcoming marriage. Joseph's visited in a dream. Thank God they go to be taxed and counted in the census at the command of Caesar in the town of Joseph's ancestors, Bethlehem. While she goes there, she goes into labor. It was a God thing. The whole thing was God ordained because if you try to lay it out, logically, none of it makes sense. The virgin birth doesn't make sense. It's not logical. None of it makes sense. There's not a guy in this room that's any different than Joseph. If she would have came to you and said, I'm expecting, but it's from God. Anybody in here that wants to have a bad thought towards Joseph, put yourself in Joseph's Brother Trano, I know you. You and Mary would have had a talk. I don't even know if you'd have done it privately. He was going, I don't know. I just looked up and saw you and thought you could handle it. Every inn is full. We're going to talk about it on, on Sunday. Every inn is full. Ultimately, they find themselves into this place. This cave uses a stable, dirty, it's smelly, it's cold, it's damp. But it wasn't about the location. And really, it seems the right location to show what he's coming to do. He's coming to seek and he's coming to save the people. He chooses an unlikely candidate in an unlikely place at an unlikely time for an unlikely result. And because of it, the world has never been the same. What was it? It wasn't about a lavish palace and it wasn't about a particular family tree. I'll tell you what it was. It was the love. Whew. It was the love of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that resident in that small, wrinkled, crying baby was God manifest in the flesh. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Colossians 2.9 when Paul would later pen, for in him, in him. Think about that. I, well, I don't want to be too uh, uh, small about this, but I, I want you to consider it. Anybody, uh, we're, we were just at the uh, staff Christmas party. The Bowmans had their, their little baby there. Oh my goodness. I'm talking beautiful, beautiful little baby. We were sitting there. We were, we were eating. My wife and I, we were, we were sitting there eating. And all of a sudden this precious little thing, the cry, it was the cutest little cry. I was, I mean, I was, I just thought when it's not yours, it's cute. Yeah. You know, I don't have to change a diaper. I don't have to burp the baby. None of it. I shouldn't act like I did a whole lot of that ever anyway. I don't know. I said that real confident. Like. But think about, can you think about that cry breaking, breaking the night in Bethlehem? Can you think about that cry? And maybe to the average person, that was just, just another sound of another baby crying. But can you even imagine the foundation shaking of the enemy? Can you imagine when that simple little voice that Herod already wanted dead? Can you imagine that, that small whimpering of a child's cry in Bethlehem, the glistening eyes of a mother and the astounded composure of a new father? Am I the father? Am I not the father? How does this work? And the baby cries. And the baby's cry was the answer for humanity's cry. 
at all in this moment. What was it? I'm going to tell you what it was. It was the love of God. Brother Muse, and you said it here tonight when you were talking, what you, what you were talking and setting up and talking about the treasures. That's why we, we do the same thing. We think sometimes I only bring my worship. I bring, no, but we also bring our struggle. We bring our hurt. We bring our pain. And, and you say, well, how does that honor God? Because it serves the adversary of our soul notice. We know exactly where we take our problems. We know exactly where we take our hurts. I don't take my hurts and allow, I allow my hurts to make me treat others in an unloving way. I don't take the fact that I'm hurt and now I'm condescending towards other people or come across irritated with others. No, I just take those hurts and I take them to the Lord and I lay my burdens before the Lord and I want the enemy to recognize I worship him on good days and on bad days. I worship him on up times and in down times. My worship of God is not predicated upon how I feel. It's predicated upon who he is and he is love. And the love of God, mm, man, the love of God is what changes the dynamics of the scenario and the situation. The love of God. And I'm going to tell you what was in the wrinkled face of that newborn baby was being, was being planned from the foundation of the world. Yes, it was. Praise God. Are you okay? Let's go on. Luke chapter 5. Hmm. feel like I, got, I keep having these old songs run through my mind tonight. It's all in him. It's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus. It's all in him. He was sinless. He was sovereign. He was our Savior. <clears throat> Let's just worship him for a minute. Let's just worship him. Come on, let's take a minute. I want to go on, but I feel interruption to worship. Woo! Come on, does his love make him worth worshiping? Has he been loving enough to you to praise him? Woo! You know, if you want to, I wish you'd just throw your hands towards heaven. Lift your voice real loud. If you want to stand, if you want to, just do something, but worship him for a minute. Woo! Yes, God. Woo! The love of God. The love of God. Go ahead, interrupt us, God. We want to worship you for a minute. We're going to take some time, God, and let you know we love you. You first loved us. You first loved us. (laughs) 
He is so wonderful to me. He is so wonderful. He under Ah, let's fill this whole place with praise. Come on, let's fill this whole place for a while with just praise. Come on, if we don't go anywhere else tonight, let's worship Him. This is your house. We're your people. It's your love on display in our lives. Any gift we've got is because of your love. Any blessing we've got is because of your love. It's because of your love. Jesus. Uh, yeah, go ahead, man. I feel like somebody's right on the edge. You just somebody's right on the edge of the breakthrough you need. You don't you didn't come on a Wednesday night expecting it, but you're right on the edge of worshiping your way through to something. You're right on the edge of praising your way through to something you need. Come on, there's nothing this world's got you into you can't praise your way out of. Even on a Wednesday night, right here, right now. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God, we worship you. Oh, stand with me all over the house. I, I just, stand with me. Lift your hands if you will. We got time for this right now. We're, we're ahead of schedule. Just take some time and worship God. Worship God. Praise the Lord with me. Ah. <clears throat> uh, some more. Just tell him you're wonderful. You're the mighty God. I worship you, Lord, more than just my mouth. You are the object of my heart. My affection is toward you, oh God. Ah. God, heal those bodies, touch those minds. Strengthen your people, oh God. Hmm. Somebody that needs his love. Listen, you need his love to fill your home. I want you to just step out of your pew. Begin to walk around a little bit right now. Maybe we fill this altar. Just pray you his love. His love into your home. His love into your marriage. His love into your children's life. God, let your love, let your love, let your love. Let it be on display. We pray over our families. We pray over our homes. Come on, singles, pray. Come on, men and women of God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. 
The love, the love, the love. Ooh, thank you for your love. Your love, your love, your love reaches higher. It goes deeper, stretches wider. It's your love. It's your love. It's the love of God. God is love. God is love. God. Is love. God is not hate. God is not animosity. God is not division. He's holy and He's love. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, if you're in this room and you really, you're in a place you need to just feel the love of God. Come on, I challenge every hand to be lifted. Let everybody feel comfortable right now to lift their hands and tell God, let me feel your love. I want to feel your love. Not the way I'm trying to determine it, but the way you want me and need me to feel your love. I feel your love. I feel... Hmm. <clears throat> To feel your love through knowing truth. To feel your love through knowing the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, if you don't know what else to say right now, just tell him, thank you for loving me. Help me to love you, God, with all my heart. Mm. Come on, while you're praying, I want to read these scriptures. I feel these right now. Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, peril or sword? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, powers, things present nor things to come, not height, not depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, let nothing, let nothing, let nothing separate us from the love, from the love of God. From the love of God, from the love of God. Somebody say amen. Stand with me if you're not. We're going to conclude. I, I, uh, ooh. If he loved me, I wouldn't be sick. If he loved me, I wouldn't be broken. If he loved me, if he loved me, if he loved me, you listen to me. God loves you. I don't care what lie the enemy has sold you. If 
he loved me, I wouldn't be fighting depression. If he loved me, I wouldn't feel isolated. If he loved me, I would feel more love from the church. If he loved me, I wouldn't be short on my bills. If he loved me, if he loved me, if he loves you. But the enemy of your soul hates you and wants to convince you that God's love is not greater than your indecision and it's his love is not greater than that condemnation and that his love is not great. He is a liar. The enemy is a liar and he is the father of every lie. I need somebody to take authority with me right now. Come on, I need the church to pray with authority against condemnation. I need prayer warriors to be released right now. I need intercessors to be released in intercession. I, I know we're coming up on Christmas. It's a great time. Come on, that child was going to be birthed and break forth into the world. We need intercession to break forth tonight a little bit. We intercede, oh God, on behalf of those that are overwhelmed, on behalf of those that are discouraged. On behalf of those that are downtrodden, they feel isolated, overwhelmed, they feel abused, they feel neglected, they've listened to the lies of the enemy. We intercede on behalf of the lost of this city. We intercede on behalf of the prodigals. We intercede, oh God, on behalf of every church in every region. We intercede on behalf of our missionaries, oh God, and their spouses. We intercede on behalf of missionaries' children right now. For some of us, it's our very family that's overseas or in other states. They're on missions work. God, we intercede on their behalf. God, we pray. Let the love of God go into that hospital room. Let the love of God go into that sick room. Let the love of God go into the house of that one that's neglected. Let the love of God find its way and filter into the heart and the mind of that that feels as though there is no hope. Let darkness be removed. Let the love of God shine and break through. To the daughter that is wayward, to the son that is wayward. Let your love, let your love. Let your... To that one that's been hurt by the church, let your love shine through. To the one that's been wounded, let your love shine. You might not remove the scar, but heal the wound. Heal the wound. Come on, intercessor, press on a little bit. Come on, don't be uncomfortable tonight. Press on in your prayer just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He halabakai on the robo sotoye.
Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God.
Jesus, we want to be in tune with you. We want to be in tune with you. We want to be in tune with you. Come on, like a mass choir, everybody, one more time. To be like Jesus. Yeah, sing it out. To be like Jesus. <laughs> On earth. Come on, it's beautiful. Maybe just one more time with hands lifted. To be. you tonight. We thank you for your love. 
We thank you for your love to us. I'm so thankful for the love of God. I'm thankful to be a part of a praying church where every service is his service. Aren't you thankful for his love, for his love, for his love? We have been and we will continue to pray God's greatest blessings upon you, his love upon your family during this family um, time of gathering during this season. Let me, let me say what is obvious here as we exit tonight. If not already having taken place over the next several days, many of us in our homes or in the homes of others, we will interact with friends but with family that maybe is not of the same like precious faith who you are with the love of God on display in these moments speaks volumes, whether they testify to the affirmative or not. I believe the love of God. We've just come beyond our Fruits of the Spirit, Fruit of the Spirit series, and now here talking about God's love towards us, I remind us that God can, in fact, He will, I believe, use us over the next several days that we are kindly affection one to another and that we show the love of God.